This Blitz podcast is brought to you by Bravado Wireless. Available online at bravadowireless.com. Let's hit up the hotline here and welcome in Dr. Christopher Crane from Tulsa Bona Joint as our Ask the Doc segment continues on this Wednesday. Doc, thank you so much for joining us this afternoon. How are you doing today, sir? I'm good. How are you? Doing all right. Hanging in there for sure. Uh, I had teased this story a little bit earlier, but I did want to start off the program today by talking about something that is not funny at all. As a matter of fact, it's terrifying. I think we've seen multiple examples of a story like this. Uh, The last one ended up costing strength and conditioning staff at the University of Iowa their jobs. But this is the story of a high school coach from Rockwall Heath. His name is John Harrell. He's been placed on administrative leave after multiple players were hospitalized, I believe eight, following an intense workout last week that required athletes to do nearly 400 push-ups in less than an hour. Uh, A parent who didn't want to be identified because of fear of retaliation said her son had been hospitalized and um, diagnosed with something that I will let you pronounce here in a second, but is essentially a stress-induced muscle disorder that can damage cells and cause kidney damage and even failure in severe cases. Said her son was forced to do 300 to 400 push-ups with no water breaks on Friday. Two other parents came forward as well that all this was required within a 60-minute period. So, Doc, what are we looking at here? I sent you this story a little bit earlier, courtesy of the Dallas Morning News. Uh, I believe we've seen instances like this, um, maybe not here locally, but this is still a very uh, concerning story from a high school coach. Yeah, and my understanding, too, I, I could have read the wrong thing, was that they had also played uh, sport recently. So it wasn't even just that this was their whole workout for the day. This was a continuation of, of more activity. Um, and they were diagnosed with what's called rhabdomyolysis, which is a cramming together of three words, rhabdo or muscle, my, rhabdo and myo for the muscles and the sarcomere it holds, and then lysis or breakdown. So basically, anytime you exercise, your muscle has some damage that occurs to it. And that's normal. Your body's ready to handle that. But there is a limit. And at some point, you cause so much damage to muscle tissue that you have a large problem with electrolyte imbalances, with muscle proteins that spill into the blood that the kidneys have to get rid of, um, and, and large amounts of, of uh, electrolyte and protein like that can actually lead to kidney damage and can lead to kidney failure. And so this is something that gets hospitalization, gets treatment with aggressive rehydration to help the kidneys be able to filter that at a more dilute level. And that can mean, you know, 12 liters or more in a day, IV hydration, all all just wide open to keep those kidneys um, fluing, uh, to keep this filtering as best as it can. All right. So I always ask a question, and it's very basic on this, but how? How do you allow something like this to happen? I mean, I... I get it from the mentality, and I and I no one really truly knows like the context of why they were doing this. I can assume. I think we can all assume right. as to why they were doing this. From you know to create a toughness groove or maybe some form of punishment that they were doing at all. But haven't we gotten to a point? Now, I guess it's as frustrating as anything to me. And I brought this up earlier that it's 2023, and we're still talking about keeping water away from athletes. 
like of everything that we've learned over multiple decades now, like the fact that this is still happening in 2023 is mind boggling to me. Yeah. And this is unfortunately something we're not seeing going away. Uh, we actually see uh, increasing trend in this things like caffeine and pre-workouts cause dehydration issues and can increase the, the damage in the muscle and change the way the kidneys are filtering. Um, and then just hydration in general, it does not seem to, the emphasis is not there and it's not, um, not consistently practiced, even if it's being preached. And so it's one of those things that we are constantly fighting to ensure. And to be clear, this is more than just a bad cramp. This is muscle damage that the kidneys are having trouble filtering out of the body. And so not only is the muscle itself undergoing damage that can be significantly to long-term pain until that heals, but it can also mean kidney damage. It can mean kidney failure, which is terrible. You can have um, even heart issues from the level of electrolyte imbalances that can pop up. You can develop arrhythmias. I mean, this can be, in cases, deadly. So the the fact that this is something we still run into is unfortunate because it couldn't be any more serious. I'm glad that you brought that up because as one tends to do when looking at things on social media, I can only guess you can imagine some of the comments that you saw, which was kids these days are soft. It's just a muscle cramp. I don't know how many of those I saw on the story that was attached to this. And the first thing that I thought of was, you know, maybe it's just uh, time that I go ahead and put the old phone down and stay off of social media, at least for the next couple of hours after reading something like that. But it never ceases to amazes me just the mindset of some that, oh, you're soft. Um, they weren't in shape, anything along the and it And this couldn't be further from the truth. No, this is this is something that's serious. This is a level of damage to the muscle that goes far beyond just a cramp. Uh, and the hydration issues play a role in cramps too. It's probably something that we're also seeing more than we want to of. But this is a level of muscle pain and damage that is severe. This is something that needs hospital attention. This is something that has to be monitored closely. And the the, the the level of intensity that they had to go through is one of the risk factors for this sort of thing to happen. Dehydration obviously being another. Uh, heat and humidity, which hopefully in wintertime we're seeing a little less issue with, but that can make it worse. Uh, and altitude as well. And every now and then you see cases of this that pop up uh, more commonly in sickle cell because it can also gum up the blood flow to the muscle and lead to damage and hypoxia and give you the same same issues. Um, but it can happen to anybody, and it can happen with extreme exertion that's just more than the body is built to handle. Uh, this is why we have rest periods and why we don't overdo it uh, in a single workout. That's what I was going to ask you to just happening to anybody um, during a, a period of, of strenuous activity, uh, in what seems to be extreme activity, um, even if you are being hydrated and even if you are drinking water, like this can still happen, correct? Yeah, and not all cases can reach these levels. Many cases are not even diagnosed. You see a little darken in the urine, you have some muscle soreness, and that goes on. But in severe cases, it can be dramatic. I mean, you can have muscles that swell inside their compartments and lead to pulselessness and pain, and, and it's it's something that has to be taken seriously. 
uh, at least monitored because the severe cases are extremely dangerous. Well, and at the bottom of the story, it was even talking about Doug Brenner, who was a lineman uh, that played for Oregon. He actually sued the NCAA for $100 million. Now, he um, ultimately ended up losing his lawsuit, but reached a settlement with the University of Oregon. And in that, they said the condition not only caused damage to permanent damage to his kidneys, but they said his life expectancy was reduced by about 10 years due to the extreme nature that he suffered while at Oregon. Yeah, and that's something that the longer it's going untreated, the more damage is happening to kidneys. And it's something that has to be addressed. This is something we're fighting with hydration. And and the mildest cases probably sneak by, but this sounds like a consistent, none of the eight kids you said, all of them hospitalized. I mean, this was definitely pushing them far beyond what was necessary and reasonable at the time. And so I'm hopeful that as the details of this come out, either things will make more sense or it'll just be obvious that there's something that needs to be corrected. Okay. How would you be comfortable in saying how common that this is? Now, you say most of it just goes undiagnosed and it's not anywhere near to the extreme level on this. But how common is this in just strenuous activity in general? You know, I don't think I've seen a statistic on on number of hospitalizations or anything, but this is something we've seen in uh, in, in my training and residency uh, working in hospitals. Uh, I, I saw multiple cases of this, and uh, my favorite was a uh, relatively newer to a uh, to the workout and athletic lifestyle, uh, and he took uh, generous amounts of a pre workout that contained a large amount of caffeine. Uh, drank a couple extra caffeinated drinks and then went to the gym and exercised to failure to where he couldn't even, you know, lift arms or do anything uh, and ended up in the hospital for uh, multiple days. And uh, the blood test continued to show elevated issues even after the hospitalization. I mean, this is something that can happen to anyone. It's usually someone trying to push past what's maybe reasonable or or what they've done before and not just a little bit past it, but to truly push hard uh, and, and really neglecting hydration and rest days and uh, good, good technique that they've been taught. You know, what's scary about this is you talk about the caffeine consumption and we're guilty of it on this show because we kind of fell in love a little bit with the lions head coach because of hard knocks. His name is Dan Campbell and he is, He's basically a superhero version of Yosemite Sam is how I would describe him in a weird way. But he is a former tight end. He's a large individual. You can still tell that he thoroughly enjoys working out. But when he expressed at one point earlier this year that he drinks what what he says, 40 ounces of coffee per day and then also puts four espresso shots per day on top of that, uh, and then that's that's basically 1,100 milligrams of caffeine a day that he's drinking, which is the equivalent to 10 Red Bulls. That is incredibly dangerous. As much as I want to sit here and laugh and look at someone and be like, oh, my gosh, that guy is an animal. Like that, what he could be doing is so dangerous. Uh, meanwhile, we're all sitting here laughing at it. So we we've got to, there, there's a there's a balance in there somewhere. And quite frankly, I'm not mature enough to handle it when it comes to a guy like Dan Campbell. That's pretty intensive. It does. I was trying to see if I can quickly find my reference for what the lethal dose in 50% of the population is. They measure them in LD50s, 
And I know caffeine has one, but I can't remember what it is. I was going to, I don't have it right in front of me, but that's probably at least uh, teasing that number at least a little bit. Um, it's going to be getting that's, close. That's a heroic <laughs> amount. Yeah, surely there is a, a normal human limit. Uh, yeah, a couple of different places you're saying it's definitely going to be higher than that, but that still just can't be can't be healthy for you. No. It's got to be something at that level that's chronically affecting kidney flow and kidney filtration. Uh, and I don't know how he sleeps at night. I don't either. And and, and they wonder you think why. if you ever took a day off from that, <laughs> that the, the withdrawal headache would just. Oh, my gosh. Can you be. imagine? I take a couple of days off. from just having a nitro cold brew in the morning every morning, which I know is not great for me either. But still, like I take a day off and I'm like, oh, my gosh, this is brutal. Give me my Yava juice. I need it back desperately. So I can only imagine, uh, like you said, what that's like. Doc, great stuff, man. Thank you for explaining a little bit more of that uh, so we have a firmer understanding of exactly what went on uh, there, unfortunately, in a uh, high school locker room in the uh, state of Texas. Uh, and we will point everyone to TulsaBoneandJoint.com, 392-1400. That's how you contact them and check them out uh, again online at TulsaBoneandJoint.com. Doc, thank you as always for your time, and we'll check in again with you next week. Absolutely. Sounds good. You stay uh, stay safe on that caffeine level. I will indeed. <laughs> that is Dr. Christopher Crane joining us here on the Blitz 1170 as he does every single Wednesday. It's just one cold brew, Matt. It's just one. I don't even want to know what the caffeine level is. I haven't even looked. It ain't Dan Campbell, though. It's like 250. At least that's what mine is at. Okay. Which is reasonable. And I, me listen, I know I need to stop. I, I I know I need to. I've been waning myself off, though, with just, like, Red Bull. That's not any better. It's 150 milligrams less pop. So it is better. I would like to hear you try to explain that to a physician. You know, I am waning myself off, so I've I've stopped doing that, and I've moved to Red Bull. There's just something that seems a little weird about that statement. <laughs> I get where you're coming from there. Do you see what I mean? Yeah, yeah. I, oh, I, don't I don't worry. That. I've I'm off the hard stuff now. I'm just down to a can of Red Bull, which a small one, the medium, the super size, medium, because they have like the giant oil can versions now. That's just got to be like a Dana Holgerson wet dream. <laughs> Dude, you know Dana's bridge is just slammed full of the 28-ounce Red Bull. I, my favorite, one of my favorite stories from the athletic article about riding along with the Houston equipment team was what they were having to do with the Red Bull that they had to take with them on trips just to make sure that Dana was satisfied. It's like every time, and I, I did notice over the last couple of years, but there for a while we were on a pretty good stretch where um, my man Ravi – it was football opposite to you, would greet Coach Montgomery with a ice-cold Dr. Pepper as soon as he stepped off of the steps of the airplane. Robbie's everywhere a hero. We go. He's a hero. Yeah. Robbie's uh, Robbie's good dude. All right, it's 202. We'll take a timeout. We'll talk a little Georgia next. We'll put a twisty tie on the national championship game and ask, is Georgia set up to not go, say, Miami Heat, not one, not two, not three, blah, 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 blah. But, dude, they're in a position where we could be talking about them 
in the mix the same way we're doing with Alabama now for the next decade plus. That's next year on the Blitz 1170. Thank you for listening to this exclusive Blitz 1170 podcast from Bravado Wireless.